Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Interesting story. I like it anyway. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he, Jesus, was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Storm comes on the scene. Disciples are worried. It's looking bad. And where's Jesus? He's asleep in the bottom of the boat. I want to talk to you today for just a few minutes about this subject, sleeping through the storm, sleeping through the storm. The Lord will bless his word today. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I, um, I've always had a bit of a fascination with storms. The Bible says confession is good for the soul. I confess to you it is probably not a healthy, uh, a healthy fascination, but from the time I was just a small boy, my mother says I did this. Whenever a storm would come to our city, uh, especially if it was a tornado after I got old enough to understand what a tornado was. That whenever a storm came, I would open the front door and stand there and look out, just watching the wind blow the trees and uh, hearing the wind howl, watching the rain splatter, depending on how strong the winds were, how great the storm was. Sometimes it got pretty pretty rough outside. Uh, I grew up in the south where tornadoes are quite frequent during tornado season, but I have never, uh, I'm not going to say privileged, I'm just going to say I've never got to see one. And some folks, this is going to change your opinion of me. I know, I'm sorry, but I've always wanted to see one. Quite possibly, I'm fairly well convinced that the first time I do, if ever that should happen, that desire will be quenched and I will have it no longer. Desire to see a tornado. Uh, I know Mount Vernon has suffered through the last hundred years some very devastating tornadoes. And I understand, I'm going to go quick, I understand today somebody here this afternoon is in a storm. Uh, we don't have to go to the door and look out the window to see it. In fact, we can't see it. You've seen the results of it in your life. You've asked probably at this point God to get involved and to do something about your storm. Um, if it's not you today, it may be the person sitting in front of you or behind you or across the room. But I want to tell you today according to what I believe in is found in the Word of God and what it literally says and what it says figuratively. I believe that Jesus isn't afraid of your storm today. 
He's really not. He doesn't worry about the wind. He doesn't fret about a storm surge as they have on the coast when hurricanes arise. But when the storm is at its worst, I want you to remember this. You take this home with you. When the storm is, is the biggest and the baddest, that's when Jesus excels. That's when Jesus is at his best. The Lord loves to show himself strong in behalf of his children. And if you belong to him, if you've thrown your lot in with Jesus Christ, and if you obeyed the gospel, the plan of salvation, and you are a Christian today, a son or a daughter of the Lord, then you don't have to worry about anything. You say, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. But I do know what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says, be careful, full of care and worry and anxiety for nothing. But in everything, bring your request unto the Lord with prayer and supplication. If you haven't prayed about it, pray about it. If you have prayed about it, pray some more. For whatever reason, the Lord is allowing the storm to remain. And he always knows best. And whatever reason he's got, you can trust in him. And if you do trust in him, I can promise you when you come out of that storm, you'll be smelling better than you did when you went into the storm. These disciples, they, in the story that we read, they, they feared for their lives from this storm that arose suddenly. They thought they were going to die. The waves washing over the boat, the wind howling around them, the boat tossed in those waves like it was just a toy. And you've got to remember, these were seasoned fishermen. They, they weren't uh, newcomers to uh, water and boats and being out in the deep for long periods of time. And they had seen storms and what storms could do to the, a boat like theirs, especially a storm like this. And I'm sure, no doubt, that they uh, uh, may have had friends or family that had been lost, that had died in storms out on the ocean or on the seas. And every one of them probably had family or family members that they had to give up because of storms. So they had a reason to be afraid. They were afraid and scared for their safety. And that's the way life is sometimes. Sometimes we feel trapped in situations. Uh, we feel trapped in certain circumstances that we can't do anything about. It wasn't our doing. It wasn't uh, anything that we did to cause it to happen. But it happened anyway. Life is just like that. And, and we've seen the storm closing in. And when we look around, uh, by man's standards and by man's thinking, we don't see any way out of that storm. And so what do we do? We grit our teeth and we hang on for dear life and we prepare for the worst. And the wind comes howling and the waves come pounding. And we sit there getting tossed to and fro. Let me say something to you precious people today that are trying to ride out the storm in your life. If you could just get Jesus in your boat, if you can get him to take the ride with you, he knows how to handle storms. And you know what he does? He sleeps through the storm. That's what it says in this story in this 20 or 8th chapter of the book of Matthew. He doesn't get afraid. He doesn't worry. He doesn't fret. Why? Because he is the storm walker. 
He is the master of the universe. He is the creator of all things, including your storm. You know, instead of staring into that storm, those disciples on the sea that day, I, I believe they could have been those that weren't needed to trim the sails or do whatever was necessary to sail the boat. Those, uh, the other guys could have been, for all practical purposes, taking a nap down in the hold where Jesus was sleeping instead of hunkering down and and maybe writing their social security number on their arm with a permanent marker so that when their dead lifeless body was finally dug out of the sea, their family could claim their body. They could have been curled up on a pillow next to Jesus. Why do you say that, preacher? Because if he is in me, if I am in him, then I can go to sleep when he goes to sleep. I can ignore the storm with a snore. I can rest easy in the midst of the fury of my storm because I'm not going to worry about the waves when the wave walker lives inside of me. Hallelujah. Those disciples should have known that. He said, he chastised them. He got onto them. He said, oh, ye of little faith, where, where is your faith? They had the storm calmer in their boat. They had the very creator of the universe and every storm in their boat with them. And that's the key. You've got to get him in your boat. God brought somebody to this service. You're not here today by accident or happenstance or coincidence. You're not here because somebody invited you. You're not here because you had the idea. I think I'll just get dressed and go over to church this afternoon instead of what I could have done otherwise if I don't go there. You're here by divine appointment. You're here because God orchestrated you to be here in this church today, sitting where you're sitting right now. Well, I suppose he doesn't care where you sit. But you're here because God wanted you here to let you know you need to make sure you've got Jesus in your boat. You really do. But that's not the only thing. Before I bring this to a close and shut this down, I need to say something else. It's not enough to get Jesus in the boat. So many people try to live their life that way with the name of being a Christian and being a child of God. And, and they love God. I'm not saying they don't love God. And they trust God. And they say, yeah, I love God. But you got to do more than just have Jesus in the boat. You've got to let him have full control of your boat. If you can get a fresh revelation of the Lord, it would help you so much. I want somebody so badly to leave here today with a brand new understanding of what it means to serve the Lord. You're going to have family problems. You're going to have problems on the job. You're going to get sick. You're going to get frustrated. Those storms are going to come. But if you can only see Jesus for who he really is, if you can only understand fully that he is the maker of the seas and a stirrer of the waves, he's the same God who created all that is, that was, and is going to come. 
The psalmist said it this way. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. He said, I will abide in your tabernacle. That means, God, I'll be in your house. I'll be with you in my life. I'll let you come and set up residence in my life, and I'll let you have control. And I will trust in the covert of thy wings. The psalmist said later in or Proverbs 18, Solomon said, The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower, and the righteous can run into it and be safe. Let me close today with another storm story from the Bible. And I hesitate to use the word story because it is a true account. It really happened. Matthew 14, verse 24, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Now, the first time he was in the boat with them, this time they went out alone without him. But he came walking on the sea. Think about that, walking on the waves of the water. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter, he wanted to get in on the act. He said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, Peter was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore or why didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Completely different storm, completely different course of events, but they had the same outcome. The one common thing in both of these accounts is this. In both storms, when Jesus got in the boat and took control the storm went away. Friend, when you get Jesus in your boat, here's the thing. The storm's going to come. I hate it. You hate it. Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. Life happens to us all. If the Lord intended for us to never have a storm, he would have taken you on to glory and, and got you up to heaven the day you got saved. The day you got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and got baptized in Jesus' name, there would have been no point for you to stay here if it weren't for the storms that God was going to allow to come from that point to the rest of our life. You say, preacher, why the storm? I don't understand it. No, we don't understand everything. That's a part of why the storm, so that we will trust in God through everything and for everything and in everything. But here's one of the things, the most important things that the storm will teach us, that when the storm comes, you get Jesus in the boat, and then you let him have control. You let him be the captain. You let him run your life, in other words. And you take your hands off the steering wheel. There was a bumper sticker many years ago, decades ago, that said, God is my co-pilot. Uh-uh. No, he wants to be the pilot, the one and only pilot 
Can you give advice? Well, I, I, I've done that a time or two. It usually doesn't work out very well. His way is the best way. His way is the only way you're going to get through the storm unscathed. And with the blessings that God wants to give you, God would never allow the storm just to let you get beat up. He loves you too much to do that. He only allows the storms so that he can bless you. I believe this with all my heart that the Bible teaches that everything you go through, every set of circumstances, everything that happens that's undesirable, that's negative, that you don't like, that if you could choose, you never would have gone through it. Everything like that that you go through. If you go through it God's way, if you let him be in charge of your boat, your life, that when you come out of it, you'll come out of it in far better shape than you would have been if you'd never gone through that thing in the first place. You think about that today as we stand together. Today is a great day to get Jesus in your boat. Today's a great day just to ensure that you're not alone in the middle of your storm. Today's a great day to take your fear, kick it out, and let God replace it with certainty and calmness and assurance that Jesus has got this. He's got everything in full control. If you give it to him, if he's trying to steer your boat, run your life, and you try to grab the wheel away from him and try to add your two cents and not going to work. It's not going to work. You'll mess it up. So every head is bowed and every eye closed. When you have the certainty that God is riding out the storm with you and he is in control of it, that's when you can sleep easy at night. You can sleep the rest of the way through the storm. You can have the same attitude that Job had and get the same results that he did. He, he had lost it all. He lost his home, his children, his wealth, his health, his wife. She had turned her back on him, his friends. It was all gone. But Job made this statement in defiance to the storm. He may have even looked up at heaven and said, these words, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. This has just been a simple little message today. I, I'm wondering, is there anyone today that wants to make sure that Jesus is in your boat? Or you want to make sure that he's still in control of your boat, your life? then I'm opening this altar and asking you, if you would, to make a commitment to him. You say, why well, go to the front? There's just something about showing God that you're not embarrassed to let everybody know you want him to be first in your life that touches the heart of God. Sure, you can pray and talk to God at your seat if you want to, but I'm going to ask the church, if you would, come. Make it easy for everybody to come or easier. If you feel led, bring somebody with you. Let's come and let Jesus know we want him. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. 
Calvert Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.